Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. I put the question to you earlier on. Who are you really? It's time to unpack exactly who we are and what we are all about. What makes us up? Who do, what defines us? What from the past, our DNA, is influencing the way we behave, the way we look at life, the way we uh, interact, the way we relate to each other? Joining us now on the line, Professor Colleen Aldous, clinical researcher at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. Professor, very good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining us. It's an absolute pleasure and good afternoon to you and to all your listeners. Thank you so much, uh, Colleen. As we unpack this issue about uh, historical genes uh, which have the ability to influence our decisions, I don't know if you heard what I was chatting about earlier on, but uh, on a show before, I put the question out to everybody, who are we really? So I thought that would tie in very nice with what we are about to unpack this afternoon. So we're looking at genetics. There's so much to analyze here and how influential is DNA in our determined part in life. So what exactly are we interrogating here? Well, a lot of information is coming out of populations where there's very little diversity that shows that there can be some genetic uniformity in certain behaviors. But I want to caution that we'll never ever get to a point where we can say we made that decision because of our genes. Right. Because behavior is is multifactorial and multigenic. So it's not only one gene that is going to affect uh, the way you look at relationships, for example. It's a whole concert of genes. Right. And then there's also the question, if you've grown up in a, 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 in a family where there are certain um, behaviors, for example, you have witnessed your father and grandfather and your mother make decisive decisions very quickly, mm-hmm. it is very likely that you are going to be decisive. Right. Um, and it, that may not necessarily be genetic. It might be because you've just grown up in a home where that is the norm. Okay. So genes do affect our, our behavior to some degree, but not entirely. So what you're saying is uh, we are really individuals. Absolutely. That, that's, yeah, that, that's the bottom line, right? And every time we have to make a decision, we're making a decision on the information that we have, not necessarily on our genetics. Indeed. So uh, I, I don't know. I'm trying to wrap my mind around this to see now how do we uh, how do we unpack this even further? Is there something then we need to be wary of in terms of historical bloodlines? I would not say so at all. Um, if you have a look at, at these populations where there's very little diversity, like the Icelandic people where there's a lot of research being done into this, what do we have to be wary of? <laughs> we, we don't right. really have to worry about anything from them. Um, and, you know, there are certain illnesses that are genetic. Sure. Um, I was going to come that, to that. Like single or, or, gene. Um, right. And there's certain multigenic disorders that we know. Um, um, autism, for example, um, has got some form of a, a small genetic impact. Um, schizophrenia has got a genetic impact. But when it comes to ordinary behavior, it's it's limited. I think the most important studies that that we should be looking at are the Mississippi twin studies. In Mississippi, they mm-hmm. looked at identical twins right. who had been separated at birth and adopted into different families. 
And there's some things that really are very similar. For example, you might find that they're separated at birth, being brought up in completely different religious homes, and they become deeply religious. So that might be affected by the genetic makeup, but it might also be because they were adopted into families where religion was very important. Um, so it's not, it's not yet a hundred percent clear. And I think the fact that the studies are coming out of populations where there's very little genetic diversity is just scratching on the surface of what we're going to know. But the fact that you decided to get up and go to work today has nothing to do with your genetic makeup. I'm sure it's got to do with the way you look at life, the way you were raised to look at life, to have a work ethic, to want to entertain. um, And that's got nothing to do with your genetics necessarily. But but genetics could, could in a way, in a small way, perhaps still play a role. Am I right? I know I've heard clearly what you've said that uh, or what I've just pointed out that sure your social background and social upbringing and of course the way you've been programmed can determine who you are. But uh, just to uh, would you agree that genetics can still play that role in one's character? Yes. Yes, but I think it's very limited and we mustn't mm-hmm. put too much emphasis on it just yet. Not until we understand more about it. I know. If you have yeah. a look at, at families, you've got it's the same genes going through families and mm-hmm. sometimes there's not a lot in common. And that, there, there's examples of people suddenly wanting to become gardeners in their middle age and they think it's because their grandparents <laughs> had a gardening gene that kicked in late. I think that's nonsensical. But things like the ability to entertain, the, the kind of self-confidence to entertain that sure. could possibly have a genetic as well as a social input. Oh, indeed. I look forward, I'm looking, really looking forward to the input from uh, our listeners as to exactly what they believe it, it is all about regarding genetics and one's behavioral, shall we say, patterns. Uh, Professor, thank you so much for joining. We're going to have to leave it there. We've just about run out of time. Thanks so much for joining us, just to give us a lowdown on genetic, uh, yeah. shall we say, backgrounds and, and behavior patterns and that kind of thing, which is which.